0: Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson here with Iron Gate Global Advisors, coming at you from the financial capital of the West, Salt Lake City, Utah, with once again what I believe is a very important podcast. In fact, once a year, the greatest investor, arguably of all time, writes a letter. And in that letter, he offers a lot of advice, a lot of his thoughts. And it's one of my favorite things to read each and every year. And if you haven't read Warren Buffett's annual letter, I would suggest that all of you do. If you have, great. If you have not, that's fine too. Because I'm going to share with you three things that you may or may not have read about in Warren Buffett's annual letter that is critical for being successful investing. And the first thing is what he looks for in investment and what he does not look for in investment. And I'm going to refer to his his own words a little bit here and there in this podcast in in the hopes that these three principles that I I mention will have an impact on you and your portfolio. I know they will if you listen and apply what you're hearing. The first thing is his process. It's what he looks for in a business. And he said this many, many times before, but it's important for everyone to continue to hear it. Repetition is the mother of all learning. And it's his process is also Iron Gate Global's process. And we got it from him and from Benjamin Graham and so on up the list, right? But it's what they look for in a business and it's a standalone business, the key qualities that that Warren Buffett says they look for are durable competitive strengths and advantages, high grade management, good returns on net tangible assets required to operate the business, opportunities for internal growth at attractive returns, so growth, and finally a sensible purchase price. That's what he looks for in investment, that's what we look for in investment, and you don't invest in a stock or a ticker symbol. You invest in a business. You're going into business with this management. You want to look for those things. Now, what he doesn't look for when he's buying a particular stock or business is he doesn't view businesses as ticker symbols. In his words, to be bought or sold based upon their chart patterns, their target prices of analysts or the opinions of media pundits. Couldn't agree more. A chart pattern is not a reason to buy a stock. A, a media pundit on CNBC or anywhere else talking about how much they love a company is not a reason to buy a stock. The criteria was laid out of what to look for. That's what you need to look for. And it's hard, and it takes hours and hours of research. And it's very, very hard to understand if it's a good business or not and whether it has a competitive advantage. It's not easy, but it is the only way, in my opinion... To invest in good businesses that have long term growth potential. The second thing that I want to point out in his letter is probably the hardest thing for people to do, and it's not picking stocks and, and, and analyzing businesses. And it's actually the reason why, out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people I taught how to invest, it's the single biggest reason why people failed. This is what Buffett says, he says, what investors need instead is the ability to both disregard mob fears or enthusiasms and to focus on a few simple fundamentals. A willingness to look unimaginative for a sustained period or even to look foolish is also essential. It's avoiding the herd mentality. It's not getting too high. It's not getting too low. It's not getting sucked in when you see euphoria about things like Bitcoin the most recent example, or it's not buying gold in 2008 when you thought the world was coming to an end. It's focusing on the process and it's psychological. And that's the biggest barrier I would say as to why people fail and that Buffett points out as well. I would also add a second to that and that is time. Most people lack the psychological power to make it successful and also the time as well. Now, this last thing that I want to mention in this letter that stood out to me, and I'm saving the best for last because this isn't talked about enough. And before I talk about it, you you need to understand that at the outset, our firm has a fiduciary responsibility, meaning we legally have to do what's in the best interest of our client. And that involves managing risk. And as we manage individuals' risk, we talk about long-term, but most people are focused on short-term volatility, and we try to w- walk them through that, but we have to invest based upon what the client wants. But arguably, at too high of an allocation put into bond-type investments, right? Fixed income, whether it be corporate bonds or government bonds, too much time and attention is spent on those on that asset class. And I would say, before I share with what, what Buffett said regarding this particular asset class of bonds, I would say, if you ask Brian and I, what's the best place for your money to be, it's always going to be equities. It's only when a client gets too nervous about having all their money in equities that we have to to have our fiduciary responsibility take hold and then reduce that allocation. However, this is what Buffett says. He says that, I want to quickly acknowledge that in any upcoming day, week, or even year, stocks will be riskier. So in the short term, stocks are riskier, far riskier than, say, short term bonds. But as an investor's time horizon lengthens, a diversified portfolio of U.S. equities becomes progressively less risky than bonds. So think about what he's saying here. Short term, get it, right? The the fluctuations of the market make stocks a little bit more risky than, say, short term Government bonds. But on a longer time horizon, bonds become more risky than equities. But those equities must be purchased at a sensible multiple of earnings relative to the the interest rates at that time. He goes on to say that it's a terrible mistake for investors with long-term horizons. Among them, pension funds, college endowments, saving-minded individuals to measure their investment risk by their portfolio's ratio... Of bonds to stocks. Often high-grade bonds in investment portfolio increase its risk rather than decreasing its risk. And I'll give you a real-life example. I had a conversation with a client the other day who has a lot of money, uh, and they thought that their money was going to get them through for the next 30, 40 years. And they also love bonds as an investment. And as we were able to dissect their plan, we were able to quickly find out and I was able to point out that those bonds, because of inflation taxes, call it purchasing power risk, over time were dragging down their portfolio and preventing them. Bonds were actually preventing them from accomplishing what they wanted to in retirement. The only way to figure that out is to have a plan. Are bonds a hiccup, accomplishing what you want to accomplish or are they helping Buffett believes the longer-term bonds are a risk I tend to agree (laughs) with that however clients it depends it depends on their plan the only way to know is to have a plan if you don't have a plan in place you gotta let us know we can definitely help you with that if you've been dragging your feet now's the time to act Send me an email, give me a call. More than happy to help put that plan together for you and with you to determine whether bonds are dragging you down, keeping you up, and really what what type of equity exposure should you have. Those are the three things that I would say stood out to me in this latest annual report from Warren Buffett. I hope all of you were able to learn something new. Thanks for listening. See you next week. For more information please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info@igga.com at or by calling 888-591-0334.